Hello and welcome to Tracks Brighton's premier music podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is episode 29 of Tracks. Nearly there. Unbloody believable that we are literally at the end of our 20s. But as people do when they're at the end of their 20s, think, I need to go out with a bang. And that is what we're going to do this week, isn't it, Harry? Yeah. With a bumper episode. It's a dream, this one. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> it might be. We are recording the intro before we've recorded the episode, so who knows? Maybe it's just going to be rubbish and flat. Like many people's 29th years are. Yeah. But I don't think it is. I think it's going to be a winner. So, without wanting to let the energy levels drop too much, before we get into this winning episode, I think we should just go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's flip it and do it. Let's rewind that. Let's flip it back over. Let's press play. <laughs> flip that, rewind it back, because ludicrous. Is it ludicrous who's got the voice? I think so. Flip that, rewind it back. <laughs> See you on the flip side, guys. Shall we begin? Well, thanks, me, for that lovely intro. We're back. We're into <laughs> the episode. <laughs> Don't ever thank yourself again. I, this is the whole point of this podcast. It's so I can uh, thank myself for my own um, excellence. So what are we doing week. today? <laughs> <laughs> well, as you well know, Harry, normally we start an episode with the musical highlights of the week section. Would you do that? This week has been just too highlighterific <laughs> to just do a ten minute just speech. Stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the most ridiculous I've ever been on Mike, and I don't even know why. <laughs> it's a Saturday afternoon, guys. I'm feeling giddy. Who knows? But um, the point is, this week there has just been so much amazing music released. Quite a bit, yeah. That we kind of thought, uh, much like, I think, episode 11, our most ridiculously titled episode ever, When Life Gives You Bono, talk about Lemonade. Yeah. We thought we would just drag out our highlights into a whole episode. So it's a bit of a review kind of thing this week, I guess. A little bit, yeah. That's where we are. So, I guess we're just going to run through them together, but is there a certain place where you would like to start of this week's musical releases? Yeah, I do know what I'm going to start with, actually. So on the Friday, the 30th of September, quite a few albums came out. Some that I knew, some that I didn't know about. One that I had forgotten about until the day, and I looked at Apple Music, and I, it just kind of popped up. The new Growlers album. Yeah. So City Club was released on Friday. And I'll be honest, I do like the Growlers, and I do know... Quite a few of the previous um, records, and they've had quite a few EPs, and I think it's, what, four or five record releases? Um, so it's quite a few, and I know a good majority of the songs, because my yeah. brother used to play them all the time. Yeah, your brother's a huge, huge Growlers fan. He is. Um, and he'd play songs, and I'd be in my room singing along to them, not really... I've never maybe listened to them on my, sure. on my own, but... Um, 
So this came out, and something that drew me in straight away. Firstly, I do like the Growlers, and I was interested to see what the new album would be. Secondly, Julian Casablancas of The Strokes produced the album. Which is a really interesting uh, mix. I, When I heard that news, I was... Um, it got me really, really excited. Obviously, I, was, I am a big Growlers fan. Um, although, interestingly, I think we discussed this off mic earlier, they're one of those bands that I kind of... Um, I sort of dropped out of, out of for yeah. a while. So, uh, Hung at Heart, I remember coming out when I was at uni, and I really, really loved it. Yeah. Then, uh, I think the next one was Not Psych, something like that, something along those lines. I completely missed that. And then Chinese Fountain came out, and I kind of re-found the band sort of after three, maybe three years, maybe four years even, of not really caring, yeah. um, which was an interesting thing to do. And since then, I'm a huge fan. And yeah, the fact that Julian Casablancas, not only uh, lead singer of Strokes and sort of impressive solo artist, but just kind of icon of a generation, yeah. I think anything that he does, people of our age, we're just kind of excited for and we want to hear it. And there's, regardless. Defi- there's definitely like bits of him all throughout the album in there. Yeah, I mean, you'll listen to certain songs and you'll be like, it's. I'm certain yeah. that he was the main kind of part of this. Yeah. So as it's your pick, yeah. I'm going to ask you first, what do you think of the album? I really like it. I've given it uh, three or four kind of full listens, and sometimes that isn't enough for me. I know I like to kind of like yeah. listen to something for like a week. Yeah, and maybe a caveat for the whole episode, we should point out that we're recording this on a Saturday after a lot of this came out on the Friday, so yeah. uh, I've given most things that we're going to talk about two full listens. Yeah. From and cover to cover, played... but that is that is not really enough for most things. So this no. is kind of a well, you know, gut a l- reaction. A lot of reviewers, um, I don't know whether they get things a lot earlier, but I know some on YouTube and that don't. Um, so they they kind of review things straight but, away, yeah. don't they? But I think sometimes, uh, as much as a more kind of uh, considered, mould over review of something is important, I also think a gut reaction is a very relevant reaction to an album because if it doesn't catch you early the chances are you might just let it slip well there are certain songs in this that really kind of have me like obviously I'll Be Around we played last week and it is probably my favourite song at the moment I've obviously had more time with it but um, some of the songs um, one in particular When You Were Made have you ever kind of listened to a song and you instantly know that it's not really doing it for you but you you know that there's something in there that maybe one day it could be one of your favourite songs in the album yeah. or there's just something about it that doesn't fit at the at the very beginning yeah I think I've definitely felt that before yeah you can't always put your finger on why in fact sometimes you never can but um, my gut reaction is something about this isn't right so like, if it sorry well um, with this particular song, I think the lyrics are a little bit cheesy. The instrumentation seems a little bit unfinished sometimes. And it just seems a little bit lousy, but... <laughs> That's quite damning. No, it, it is, but there's also a charm about it that means in a... It seems like a lot of albums I listen to in recent years that I really love I don't think of certain ones as being like album fillers. Yeah. 
Um, whereas with this song straight away, I, I kind of get that feeling. But um, it does, there is something that, it obviously something about it that kind of screams out something to me. And I don't really know if it's completely negative or just something that I'm going to have to get used to over time and maybe yeah. eventually end up really liking. But. but again, talking about gut reactions, sometimes that in itself is a important thing in that, you know, this is a relatively long album. I think maybe 15 tracks. Yeah. Um, so if when you're listening through it for the first time, something jumps out at you for any reason, yeah. often it, it means you've had some response to it, which is a positive thing, even if you think, actually, maybe I'm not sure about this but like you say maybe it'll grow into being there's lots of there's lots of little like guitar riffs and things that I really love and you've mentioned earlier there's a quite a strokesy little guitar bit isn't there that's that's not what I was gonna talk about what I was talking about is the song Dope on a Rope which I would like to play a little bit of at some point in this episode because um it's not a a few things it's not a strokesy guitar it's a Smith's guitar I mean it's completely Johnny Marr that's what I meant yeah Yeah, it's a completely Johnny Marr riff and it Kind of, but it kind of works beautifully and I always think what Julian Casablancas is brilliant at bringing is kind of a you know those old kind of 80s American movies set in New York and you've got this kind of neon glow slightly glossy yeah. look to them and it's really atmospheric and somehow uh, 80s New York somehow feels like kind of the most atmospheric part of America ever yeah. and all the great things that Julian Casablancas does kind of conjure up that kind of atmosphere for me. And that song in particular, Dope on a Rope, it really has that. But also with this, like I say, a kind of a northern Manchester riff and something that I'm totally familiar with and totally love. And it, But it's just this amazing kind of combination of the two things. I'm just I, thinking I think out moments, loud. I think, sorry. I'm just, no, I was going to say. And I think moments like that are where the album works really, really well. Yeah. Is um, Julian Casablancas, you, you say talk about these 80s kind of things. Was he, I don't know how old he is, but was was he growing up at our age? Uh, I th- no, I think, been, he was, I think he was like yeah. early teens yeah. around that kind of, you know, late 80s. I is mean, they, from New, are they from New York? Yeah. The Strokes? Yeah. And I think, um, so they, they emerged sort of early 2000s, so. I know they kind of make brought the sound to England around when the Arctic Monkeys were going. I know that was a Slightly huge thing before, about wasn't it? it was, yeah. They were kind of, I mean, the, you know, what music historians, I suppose, will uh, talk about as maybe uh, bringing a bit of a indie music revival to England was the emergence of the Strokes mm-hmm. and the Libertines just afterwards and these two, the two bands who kind of weren't just bands, they had a culture around them. And, yeah. you know, as much as it might sound silly, and I'm sure some people might think of me as being wrong when I say this, but I kind of think the last decade of people wearing skinny jeans is down to the strokes. Skinny jeans and Converse weren't a thing. And then the strokes turned up and it's like, oh my God, how cool are these guys? Like they, you know, they just had a a whole thing. Mm. They were a whole package. They weren't just a band when they first arrived. And yeah, again, skinny jeans and Converse, that's a 80s kind of American teen movie look would you would you you have expected um is is the the growlers a kind of band that you think it makes sense that julian casablancas would find them and try and get involved or do you think it's 
it's been manu- uh, like manipulated somehow by somebody or I think obviously he's uh, very much still relevant in the music scene the indie music scene so I think it makes sense that a, bowl, a band like the Growlers who have kind of reached a certain level would kind of attract his interest mm-hmm. for me I think the biggest strength and weakness of the album is kind of the same thing in that it feels to me like he's brought a real sort of electro but actually kind of synthetic feel to well, a lot it of says the, a lot about the last the last album of the strokes was was very much like that yeah and but I think in certain songs that works brilliantly, and I really love it mm. and it kind of adds a whole new dimension to what the growlers do, and in other songs, I really hate it yeah I'm a huge fan of the vocals. The lead singer's vocals in the kind of growls, the gravelly, yeah. and there's there's some songs where you know on the early listens, I find it really difficult the vocal effect that's been put on it. It becomes really a bit kind of robotic and tinny, and it's just like I I can't work out why this synthetic nature is being given. Well, it's like when sometimes when you give the ability. Or you give somebody the ability to kind of manipulate sounds and things too much, they can sometimes, although with experience, they tend not to, and I, you would assume that he wouldn't, sometimes you can take things a little bit too far, you can add too much distortion, you can add yeah. too much reverb, and it and it takes away the authenticity of yeah. what and they're, they're trying to do. You know, they're quite a organic-feeling band, that's, the Growlers. That's, that's one of the main things about them, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, to answer the question, I think at times it is brilliant, but other times, I want the kind of stripped back, normal growlers just on that track. And I feel like seeing them play this album live, I will love it a lot more than I do listening to the recorded version. Because I feel like you'll get the real feeling of the band playing these songs. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm a, my favourite growler songs are things like... Uh, obviously, we played it a number of times on this show now. Uh, Going Gets Tough, I adore. Dull Boy from Chinese Fountain, I love. Uh, One Million Lovers from Hung at Heart. Like, they're more refined, stripped-back songs. And I do find that, like I say, this is quite a long album, 15, 16 songs, something like that. Listening through, I was waiting for the one where they would strip it back, or the couple that they would strip it back, or where you know the tempo of the album would drop a little bit and you'd get that more kind of nuanced growler sound mm. and it's not there on first few listens I feel like there isn't that kind of softer moment it maintains its well, I synth- think, syntheticness if that's um, a word When You Were Made probably is closer to that but the way the song is made you don't feel like it is because it like you say it doesn't sound kind of as natural as sometimes the growlers are and it it sounds a little bit too synthetic and and almost forced. Like it's almost trying to be that kind of song, and it and it just isn't. Um. So I think maybe the end of the year we could do an, do an episode where we come back to this. Yeah, because I think it, yeah, it's it's going to be a grower, not a shower. I'm fairly <laughs> sure of that. <laughs> I certainly like. I don't know. I did mention before. There's a lot of 
albums that the Gorillaz have, and I know I know quite a few songs. And this album, I like that much that I'm going back and listening to the whole kind yeah. of discography. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and I do think that this one's going to be just as good, and yeah. I'm going to listen to this one just as much. And I do agree. I feel like a lot of what I've said has seemed a little bit down on the album, and actually, well, it's just critical, isn't it? Yeah. Especially, in but the, I, the point I want to make is that I really, really do like it. You know, like I say, City Club, I love. I'll be around. I love dope on a rope. I love. I think uh, the Daisy Chain is one that I also love. There's one Blood too many heart. times. I, you know, there's a number of songs that I I really really am into. Yeah. You know, I've it the I think this is one of the ones I've listened to a few more times, and it's never felt like a chore. It's never felt like I'm doing it because I need to. It's like oh, I really yeah. want to listen to this album, and I really I know I will grow to love it, but. You will grow to love it. <laughs> Lovely work, Harold. Thank <laughs> um, oh, I should not do this. But yeah, I think... Um, I suppose a lot of my kind of reticence is related to the fact that it is quite a large leap from what they've done previously. Yeah. And maybe we've had three albums which are just kind of Growler's albums and this is kind of a... Growlers by Julian Casablancas album in it. Yeah. So I need to get my head around what that is. What we'll do if you want to pick a song and then I'll pick a song. Okay. Well I'm gonna pick Dope on a Rope. Okay. And let's make sure we play a bit of a Johnny Marr riff. Okay. Let's go with that first. Dope on a Rope by The Growlers and I'm going to go with Rubber and Bone by The Growlers Those were a pretty good uh, pair of tracks to represent what's great about the lovely pair of tracks. <laughs> Stop talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anything else that's caught your ear? Uh, so, someone who uh, was mentioned by Emily on episode 28, 7? Yeah. Basically, One the, of them. the episode before last yeah. um, was Solange. Solange Knowles, who, um, again, on Friday, yesterday, as we record, dropped a whole new album, A Seat at the Table, which A 21-track album. A whopper. An absolute whopper. I mean, there's a lot of interludes counted as tracks, so um, I'm not quite sure that the runtime 
is going to reflect a 22 song album but it's, uh, it's a beast 51 minutes so oh so it's still quite a beast quite but um, quite beastly it's quite beastly but there are some albums that are yeah yeah of course songs. but these days I feel like most of the time I'm getting like 33 minute albums I'm well, later on we'll talk about a short album. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's coming. The people who are tuning in knowing that we are huge fans of a certain artist, don't worry, it is coming. Yeah. And it is, yeah. On its way. <laughs> our, no, but our review might be as long as the whole fucking album, <laughs> to be quite frank. Yeah. But anyway, Solange. So this is uh, produced by Dev Hines. Um, it's got... What has it got? I mean, it's got kind of really, really cool groove. Some amazing bass lines in there. It um, gives me the best... Okay, basically, I didn't know of Solange that much, if at all. Um, you had to... I think you can go back and listen to the episode with Emily, and people had to remind me who she was. I didn't even know she was a singer. Yeah. From listening to this, I don't know if she has many other albums. I don't know if she's just been a feature and kind she's of things. She's got a few other albums, yeah. She's absolutely terrific. I absolutely love this album. Yep. I listened to it on the way here. Again, only listened to it, I think, twice now. Um, it's got all the kind of soul and kind of passion in it that I, I really like from people like Leanna Le Havas. Yep. Instrumentation-wise, I think it's really interesting. It takes me... Lots. Of, I feel like it takes me in kind of lots of different um, directions throughout each track. Yeah. What's interesting about it is I think instrumentally, it again such an obvious rubbish word that's not really descriptive enough. But it feels like quite an indie album. It doesn't. It absolutely. You know, for does. someone who feels who fills a kind of you know semi mainstream place within the music market, I think instrumentally, this is a really quite alternative and interesting record I think so more than apart from maybe Lemonade more than any um, Beyonce kind of album I've heard I think way more than Lemonade I think it's way more uh, experimental and yeah. you know playing around with different themes she and must, different genres like, I think there's way more of that she must there. have way more kind of freedom I yeah. think personally than, than Beyonce may have and I think um you know, when we spoke about Solange with Emily and we talked about doing stuff with Dev Hines, Dev Hine, sorry, of, um, you know, of Blood Orange, of Lightspeed Champion, of all this kind of really cool alternative music. Mm. You know, we did say how sometimes it can feel a bit like a Dev Hines album. And in some ways it does, but actually there's loads of instrumentals on here that I can't see on a Blood Orange record. I, but I think he's just brought an interesting edge to it and brought kind of another dimension to what I feel like is her vision for this album. This feels like what she wanted to do rather than lending vocals to a dev record mm. as someone who is a big dev fan. Yeah. And she's got some um, some big people involved. She had she has Sampha, and I'm always up for a song with Sampha in it. If you're going to talk about big people, she's got Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, yeah, on Mad. And um, she's, she's got quite a few people involved. And... Like, I'm shocked by this because the name is new to me in a way. Um, but this might be not news to anybody that she could have these kind of people in. She's a big deal, I think. Right. Well, I, but well, like, I need to do my like research say, on she's, a little bit more, maybe. But. I do think the comparison we made in the last one is relevant in that she is, I think, the Jake Gyllenhaal 
of the music industry. Yeah. So she kind of is a big deal. He's a big deal. But she does these cool, interesting side projects. And like one of the things I really love about this album is the the cover. It she looks to, it's like totally stripped back. To me, she's got a little bit of a look of like Yoko Ono in it, and she's got like these kind of yeah, butterflies definitely. in her hair, and it's just really kind of simple and minimal. And you know, you compare it to kind of these super glossy, silly uh, sleeves of she's, like big, huge artists, and it's totally different. She's practically just. Um, it feels like she's probably just getting ready somewhere, and she's taking a Snapchat. Yeah. She's just showing great. somebody how cool. It just hair. looks natural and awesome, and I, I love it, and I think. I think she's just such an interesting artist. She really is. Like I, I mentioned earlier, you know, probably the song I play, um, but there's a song in it that I think just sounds like it could definitely be on a Heim yeah. um, record. In a good way. In a very, very good way. Yeah. In a way that I'm already interested in her because of her vocals. I think they're exquisite and they're, they're very soulful and then they're, they're very indie-like, like you say. And... Lyrically, she's very interesting. Instrumentally, brilliant. And then she kind of takes me through kind of hip-hop and then R&B and then suddenly this kind of American indie anthem kind of thing. Yeah. And I love that I'm just kind of being thrown all over the place in this album. Yeah. So yeah, I think the, the, the kind of overriding message of our kind of little chat review is that this is really one to check out don't miss this because mm. I think uh, you know love it or hate it we listen to a lot of records putting together this show and you know generally being music fans and I don't feel like albums like this come out very often no. so it's really not one to miss it's really one that I'm playing the most as well at the moment I'm getting the most enjoyment from it yeah I don't know what that really says, but um, we'll find out in the future. So despite it being my pick, I'm going to ask you, Harry, is there a song you'd like to play for it? There is a song I'd like to play for it, and it is Don't You Wait, which is kind of the Heim kind of song. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to play that and see what you guys think. So Don't You Wait by Salon. I would like to play is called Where Do We Go which I love because it starts really like a kind of old soul song yeah. and then a bit like we were talking about the whole album takes you off in different directions this track in itself is kind of a journey through the different vibes of the album and it's really cool so yeah that's what I want to play Where Do We Go Who knows Nobody knows Speakers of tonight 
couple more albums we uh, kind of want to feature quite specifically because we're massively into them but um, as we say this has been a ridiculous week yeah so there are a few honorable mentions that need a shout so do you want to take the first shout yeah. I feel like I'm letting you go first with everything this week what gentleman I am thank you must be because you're looking extra pretty today Harry. thank you again. trying to charm you every day I feel like that <laughs> Um, You're a walking butterfly Snapchat filter. <laughs> so, there's three albums in particular that um, that I found had also come out in the last kind of week or so. Some of them were kind of surprises to me. Um, so, Survive, who are kind of ele- an electronic band, you will know them because they provided the soundtrack to Stranger Things. Yeah, and I think you... Uh, in a lost piece of tracks recording lost, yeah. on the cutting room floor, there is you <laughs> talking about how much you love the soundtrack to that show. Yeah. And how atmospheric it is. I had um, forgotten we didn't use it, and then I was amazed that you remembered that we hadn't used it. So, yeah, we, we didn't use everything. it. <laughs> but um, if you know the soundtrack, you'll know it's very kind of 80s, uh, it's very synth, synth heavy, like ridiculously so. Um, and you're going to kind of get that from this album as well. Uh, the album is called... <laughs> well, the album is called RR7349. Uh, I don't know if I'm meant to be saying that a different way, but uh, I'm not going to even try. <laughs> um, I'm going to quickly just play the opening track to the album, which is A.H.B. And go and check them out, because they're very atmospheric, very... they're. They're really, in a nice way, they're obviously bringing out this in time because people are going to be looking them up and stuff. But um, definitely give them a, a little look. Yep. So, AHP. listen to so in the last few years I think we've had a a bit of a kind of golden moment for the British two piece band kind of led by Royal Blood I suppose but uh, closely followed by Slaves Um, they're kind of they're interesting because to me they seem to all intents and purposes quite middle class but very much yeah uh look a bit chavvy, dare I say that word, um, and make kind of punk music. But I know a lot of punk music was made by middle class people as well, so it's not kind of a to say like they shouldn't be doing that or put them down. I think they're kind of great and I think they're really interesting. And uh, people 
who listen to this show regularly will know that humour in music is something that really appeals to me. And I think they've got a really interesting kind of bravado and humour to their songs. Um, earlier, before we started recording this show, we were listening back to some of their first album. Um, and we listened to the song Where's Your Car, Debbie? <laughs> and there's a bit where um, he says, uh, it goes, Where's Your Car, Debbie? Debbie, where's your car? Where'd you leave it, Debbie? Did you leave it far? Your car. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's the timing. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the timing of where he... Your car. <laughs> where he says your car, which he's definitely doing it for the laughs. And it's in this kind of heavy music and they're quite intense performers. And I just kind of love it. And I think... Um, I just think they bring a really nice extra dimension to the English music scene at the moment. I yeah. think um, they're just really relevant and really cool and I'm a big fan I haven't given the newer album a lot of uh, a listen yet but the lead single Spear Out I'm a big fan of from from what I've heard and again sound like I don't listen to music really but I'm not a, I don't know a lot about Slaves very punky like, yeah like, I mean punk is kind of their major influence there's no getting well, away I, from I that. heard about them through a friend who told me about like told me to listen to a Jason Status song and I dislike that song. And I'm I was expecting say, yeah. things like that from them. I'm going to say that is a really... Not to criticise you at all. Um, but that is a really, I think, poor reflection of what they do. Because I think where they're great is in being kind of quite interesting and quite um, retrospective of the world they live in within this kind of punk music. And in that particular one, lyrically, there's just nothing there. They're just shouting nothingness over and over again. Um, because I chose the status aren't about lyrics and things, so yeah. it's just yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a totally thing. different beast. There's no, you know, it's not a. Like I say it's not criticism of that particular song, but I'm just saying, I don't think that's a good version of what slaves do. Yeah, but in terms of them being relevant, what I do think is a good version, a good re- representation of them is get onto YouTube and seek out them at Radio One's big weekend doing shutdown. And Skepta comes out. So they're doing it. It's a Skepta cover, and then Skepta comes out at the end. And it's just it's brilliant. Awesome. It's electric. Yeah. And it's such a shame that, as you mentioned when we watched it, the crowd are nowhere near as enthusiastic as they need to be for what feels to me. Like, when I watched it the first time, I had hair standing up on the yeah. back of my neck. My heart started pumping. I was just totally exhilarated by this kind of something that felt so alive and so 2016 funny thing is it's this fusion of these two genres of music that really aren't so far away from each other yeah in a way well I think I think it's one of the things that uh, Skepta has um, kind of it's sad really because um, it's almost like the mainstream media uh, need to find some way of owning what grime is in in order to Mm accept it so it's like you know you've got these kind of 40 50s men in their 40s and 50s kind of uh who grew up through punk and it's like they can't just accept that grime is its own beast it's like oh skepta's a bit punk so therefore maybe he's good it's like <laughs> you've mentioned so many beasts today <laughs> yeah they're all beasts everyone's a beast but you know yeah. what i mean i think i think it is a bit sad that uh they only kind of that's the way they give it praise by making it like what they like in the first place instead of just accepting it as its own thing but what Skepta does is very punk you know 
he puts out his him and JME especially they're very very punk you know they put out stuff on their own it's all about managing their own fan base and you know these kind of uh, just in organic interactions mm. it's a super punk ethos um, and they're great and yeah like you say like I say that fusion of Slaves and Skepta just felt really really vibrant to me and one of the best things I think that happened in UK music this summer um, so yeah Slaves go and check out the second album two albums in a year as well shout out to them for that because this is a really long album too the and last album was, a, was only a year yeah ago. I think a, maybe 18 months ago max and also a little bit of extra uh, incentive going to listen to it produced by one of the Beastie Boys big it's big you won't mm. be disappointed I think you might not like it but you won't be disappointed no it's a thing it's a beast <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that has made me kind of want to get into it a little bit more yeah I think it's just, yeah it's it's funny when you, you have these kind of people that are going to be advocates for this modern day music these kind of people that meant so much at a certain time yeah, and you know, I'm sure they're not just. This guy's not just producing it because it's making him some dosh. He sees somebody he wants to work with. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's yeah, and it's an interesting future. Like the Skepta collaboration, the fact that it's a hip hop guy mm. that's producing what, like, what, like you say, is quite a punk album. It's just interesting, and again, like the. Like I said about the Solange record, I think there's not many things with this many layers and this much intrigue that come out. So when it does, don't let it slip by. Give it a listen. Yeah. So let's just play a little bit of Spit Out. And then we'll go into your next bit. Sucking on a sour sweet, blisters on your tongue. Sucking on a sour sweet Sitting on your thumb That was Spit It Out by Slaves. Spit It Out! Um, they've obviously taken the name of the song from the Maccabees. That's fine with me. I guess, you know, if you want to do that, okay. It's cover, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very different cover. <laughs> Weirdly enough, Spit It Out was... Uh, I remember listening to that the first time and being like, weirdly bunky. Yeah, because I feel like just that song title, like, you can't do a nice... Spit Out! You can't do a nice little acoustic... Uh, Spit it out. No, yeah. you can't. Especially not like that. Um, so, another album that came out was Remember Us to Life by Regina Spector. Another uh, previous tracks feature. Yes. She was on episode... No, two. she was not on. Episode two she was played on. Yeah. Um, spanning our whole uh, history. So... I always well you did you do like her when I showed you her because obviously you like humor in lyrics as we've said and I think the main thing I enjoyed you have to do it again you What's know that? your little 
Oh, your little impression. So cheap and juicy. <laughs> um, so, so she's back at her best with her kind of jingly tunes, her lovely piano, her kind of interesting lyrics, funny lyrics. Um, iTunes here says her lovely piano pop knitted with riddles, which is quite nice, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know about knitted. Oh, uh, yeah. It just brings the imagery of it all being this knitted album. <laughs> a big woolly jumper. It's a big woolly jumper of, of riddles. Um, go and check it out. She's back to her best, basically. Um, there's nothing in it that really makes me think she's kind of innovating or doing anything completely new. She's just doing what she does best, and she's really, really good at it. I'm sorry I don't have anything to... Uh... This, but in the chaos of the last 24 hours of albums, I haven't managed to give this a listen, but I will, because, um, so when you played That Time on episode two, I thought that was a really, really cool song. I was, they say, the humour, the energy of it, I really liked. Um, and I felt like a lot of her personality came through in it, so I did go and listen to a fair bit of Regina Spector after that. And I will definitely go and listen to this album, because I feel like... That's the... You say the word personality, I think that's one of the main reasons why I really love her is because there is so much character and personality yeah. in her music and she has this history and, yes, she does some love songs and things, but she's she's yeah. very interesting in how she kind of portrays her whole life throughout her music and stuff. She reminds me of, like, um, it's a weird comparison, but when I... <laughs> and sorry for people who aren't football fans, but, like, when I uh, watch Jurgen Klopp on the TV, I feel like his charisma is just kind of like uh, popping out of the TV screen at me. And when I listen to a Regina record, mm. I just feel like her charisma is kind of climbing out of my headphones. It's just like this kind of uncontainable energy yeah. and something that's just really exciting about her. Speaking of football very quickly, um, it's amazing that we've listened to so much because it was FIFA day yesterday. So everyone who has <laughs> FIFA, the new FIFA... Celebration, high five to you. We'll have a game sometime. I'm actually doing high fives in the air. It's a bit He's strange. high five me because I don't have it because I was busy prepping for this episode. <laughs> That's so. bullshit. <laughs> I listen to albums throughout while well, listening to FIFA. Yeah. Listening to FIFA. <laughs> Playing the albums. <laughs> but anyway, so this is um, the title track of the album Bleeding Heart. What you got on tap, I'll take two of that I'm chasing a story I heard When I was here last at the back of the class You pretended you never got lost Yeah, at the back of the class, in the back of the bus Sitting out at the dance, always saying no thanks When they see you around, you look down at the ground But when they walk away, you wish they'd stay Never, never mind bleeding heart, bleeding heart So before moving on to one of our big events of the episode, I want to mention an album that didn't actually come out this week, it came out last week, but hasn't made it onto the podcast yet. And for me, I've spoken about it before, it was always going to be one of the big releases, big highlights, big exciting moments of my musical year. It was Warpaint dropping their third album. Yeah. 
So for people who don't know, 2011 we had The Fool, 2013 we had Warpaint, and now, three years later, it feels like quite a long wait, we finally have Heads Up. What can I say about Heads Up other than, genuinely I will be flabbergasted if when I put together my kind of uh, top five albums of the year which because we're now into October, the year is winding down, the nights are getting longer. It's cold Shorter. and rainy. Oh. Yeah. The nights are getting longer, Harry. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's how time works. Yeah. And it's getting rainy and grey and horrible and gross in Brighton. I'm starting to think towards the end of the year and I'm starting to kind of tot up all the things I've loved. And there's been so much, but this, to me, is just out of this world. Because I'm, I, I just love this band anyway. Um... So for people who don't know, they're a kind of um, garagey, quite sparse, quite atmospheric four-piece from LA, all female. Um, and they make this kind of really uh, sort of dark, melodic, interesting, slightly introverted indie music, generally speaking. What I love about Warpaint is that they always kind of... They give you just enough to kind of invite you into the world that they're building, but like the lyrics are never kind of, it's never kind of all out there. They just kind of invite, they kind of, they lure you. Yeah, lure you in, exactly. So you kind of, you start to imagine what they're talking about, but they never kind of fully disclose what they're talking about. Yeah, like you say, it lures you in with this kind of uh, stripped back atmospheric I don't know. I'm running out of words. I I feel like it's funny because it's quite hard to describe. I think in a lot of ways. Yes, yeah. and you, you told me in the past that the kind of uh, music that it started, that the first couple, kind of the first few records were very different to this one, and that I should go back and listen from the beginning. I think you absolutely should. I have done a little bit of that since you told me, and. Annoyingly, somebody posted on, I think, Instagram or something that they were at a gig. I heard this song that I really, really loved. And I'm going to have to find it for you at some point so you can tell me what, which one it is. But they, they seem like a band that I can get into. I think you'd be huge into them. I think they're one of those, you know, it happens to me all the time where I can't quite believe a certain band has kind of passed me by when I realise that, God, this is really totally my thing. You'd love it. Amazing bass lines, which... Uh, I'm into those. Yeah. Kind of uh, a bit synthy, a bit moody. Just just so much of the stuff that you like. And, um, yeah, the reason I think I said to you, start at the beginning and uh, don't listen to the first this new album as your first Warpaint album is because, like we talked about the Maccabees extensively, Exhaustively Even today, on this podcast, <laughs> um, there's a progression and a journey there, and I feel like um, something like the lead single from this new album is called "New Song," which is really, really poppy, but still has a total war paint mentality about it. Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, the intrigue to that song would be lost if you didn't know their back catalogue prior to it you might just think god this is a bit of a throwaway pop track 
but within the context of the album and with the con- within the context of their whole catalogue, it's not at all. It's just this really interesting development of what they do. Um, and the whole of the new album's like that. You know, there's uh, it feels a, a lot more electronic, certainly more synthy. They certainly kind of take it to maybe a slightly more upbeat, uh, less introverted level, mm. whilst also keeping everything that I personally adore about Warpaint. I think they're easily one of the best bands to come out in the last five to ten years. I, I just love them. I think they're the best. Um, I can't recommend this album highly enough. Uh, and I'm just thinking here now, am I allowed to play two songs? Is that okay? Um, if you feel that you need to. You can give me permission. Purely because... <laughs> Um, the lead song on the album, White Out, is my favourite song on the album, um, and I think is very war painty. It uh, is a it's a strong reflection of previous albums, but also I do just want to play a little bit of new song because I think that will show you that new song, the so- new song, it's fitting, their new song called New Song, um, just because I think it shows. Uh, what a big leap they've made and how successfully they've done it which is rare you know a lot of sort of indie bands if they try and make a really poppy song you just think oh what are they doing whereas this I just thought wow so killed it I'll stick in two songs here first one being first one new song no (laughs) (laughs) apologies first one white out second one new song Well then, let's put them in. Guys, so the other day, Bon Iver finally dropped his new album. Was it the first time you'd ever listened to it, Harry? Yes, Tim, it was the first time. Um, so 22 A Million came out on Friday the 30th. We were lucky enough to stumble across it, possibly. Not definite, but maybe we've heard it before. I, I can't. I really cannot comment on whether I've been listening to it nonstop for about six weeks. I just it's I been about say. three and a half weeks. Um, but you know, if you 
are a big Bon Iver fan, I'm sure you've been chomping at the bit to get this album. Losing your shit over it. Yeah. Like we have. And we are very happy with it. So have we have we played any of the new album on here yet? Um, we may have played... Because the, the chronology was that uh, 22 over Sworn, <laughs> or however you say those silly characters, uh, that came out first. And then was it 33 God? Th- no, there were two songs before 33 God. Uh, it was the top two tracks. Oh yeah, Death Breast. Yeah. 10 Death Breast, dot dot, yeah. square square, whatever that <laughs> means. And then 33 God. Yes, and those were all that was kind of out. This is the 34 minute album now we talked about it being quite short um is it enough for you but before we move before we skirt past that uh do is there even a little bit of you that feels shortchanged it's funny that okay so i want more because i love bon Iver, but i think he makes an album that doesn't need more i would agree but i still feel shortchanged right. i don't think necessarily this uh body of music needs fleshing out anymore as in, like, it feels totally compact and complete in what there is there. But every time I listen to it and it finishes, yeah, I just go, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Um, so within this album, I think he kind of, he takes you back to certainly the first few records. Um it is similar in ways and it is totally different in ways i think he um he kind of, he he wants it to be he wants to take advantage of new modern techniques and new ways to record and bend the rules of music yeah. and he wants it to be still kind of natural and this is where i I did a little reading. (laughs) um, I saw this thing that he said he would um, kind of record everything digitally. And then he found, he got a bit of tape from a kind of, I think, a cassette. He recorded the music onto the cassette. And it was like an old cassette, an already used cassette, maybe 20 years old. And then he kind of just played it back. So it would give it this kind of, scratchy feeling right there, there's certain songs if you've heard 22 over soon and 10 death breast it's gonna get weird saying the names of these songs um then you'll know that there's parts especially in death breast there's parts of the song that kind of feel like mistakes and I, he wants those yeah. he wants those little nuances and he wants those little things that kind of separate it you kind of get them throughout the whole album, but it's still so full of, especially with the kind of vocoder stuff and the um, the vocal effects and things, which are also um, not overused now, but uh, a lot of people are kind of jumping onto that bandwagon. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's been quite a few years that people have been using these things and there's kind of um, been quite a backlash against it all. You know, obviously led by Jay Z with uh, DOA, his song "Death of Auto Tune," but that he said about that it wasn't um, against that technology. It was just about people using that technology incorrectly. 
Yeah. And I think uh, in what Bon Iver done on the new album, like this is how to use those kind of things to make a really textured, layered, yeah. uh, intriguing sound. Not just doing it for the sake of I can't sing, so it's like... Yeah. It's, Do you it's, believe? It's choral. It, it, it does sound like a kind of chorus with yeah. all these different um, kind of tones and and pitches I guess what the, that yeah. work together. I guess what the problem with some things like this, you know, obviously the clues in the title, but it's easy for artists to kind of allow it to autopilot their creativity. Yeah. And I think with this... You feel like every little glitch or every bit where even it almost sounds like the sound has dropped out of your headphones yeah. while you listen to it. It feels it totally deliberate times. to me. It feels like he's put it in there for a reason yeah. to make you feel a certain way while you listen to it. Yeah. Um, so in that way, he's just using tools to make his art and I think it becomes totally valid again then, mm. when actually that technology can sometimes, in the wrong hands, be shite. Yeah. There's a song, um, Creeks. Or seven one five creeks. That really reminds me of his last two albums. It's it's just it's quiet and it's kind of um, it's quite sparse in instrumentation. In yep. fact, it kind of just uses the voice and vocals for the whole instrumentation. Yep. So it's using kind of five notes of the same the same vocal the same lyric and kind of playing them along each other making the kind of chords and it's one of my most loved things about Bon Iver is doing these kind of really small minimal things yeah. and making them these huge tracks yeah like I don't even quite know how he does it Justin mm. Lerner, but I remember before I'd seen James Blake at Glastonbury Mm. Uh, we talked on the podcast about how I was a little bit worried about whether that kind of sparse music uh, would fill a big arena and somehow like, I can imagine watching Bon Iver at like Ali Pali yeah. and something like Creeks just filling it just washing over everyone and everyone being completely transfixed and I don't quite know how that kind of power gets put into these songs. And when I'm listening to it, I don't even know what gives it that kind of power, but yeah. God, it does. Yeah. Like, ridiculously does. I, th I, I honestly think he's incredible as a musician, as a producer. I think maybe he's a magician. Like, probably a wizard. Yeah. If anything, he's probably a wizard. Yeah. Maybe a messiah. Maybe he's Jesus. <laughs> maybe he's God. <laughs> Which makes sense. Maybe he's 33 God. God. <laughs> I, I liked that, um, you know, if you've kind of read anything about Bonnevere recently, then you've heard about his, the kind of reasoning behind 22 over soon. 22 <laughs> is his favourite number ever. Yeah. He even apparently sets his, his clock in the morning for like 8.22. I like that. And all the numbers on here mean a certain thing to him. Yeah. And um, is there a tiny little bit of pretension about this? I mean, I would never call out one of my favourite artists as pretentious but oh, no, no. it does feel I want to stop you there straight away writing music he's not pretending to be doing anything by by this he's he's writing music and then giving it a name to what the song means to him yeah like every song that anybody names 
if anything, some songs are just shit names that they've just. Yeah, of course. I I just think it. I think they're just an extension of the song itself. Yeah. yeah. But if I, if people literally. No, you're wrong. It's it's like uh, Kendrick Untitled Unmastered. It just annoyed me a little bit. It's like I, I just want to be able to say to my friend, like, have you listened? To, do you like the Bon Iver track uh, Creeks? Like we've called it Creeks, but it's called Seven One Five Dash Creeks with weird letters in the middle. That's what it's called. Well, over time, we're going to be calling them 22, 10, Creeks, God, actually 33 God Works, uh, Stratford, which apparently you're meant to call that 29 hashtag Stratford <laughs> Apartments. But this is what I mean. It's just a little bit. 666 Downward Arrow, which actually looks like a 666 Downward T. This, and this is what I mean. It's just a bit silly. It does feel a little 21 bit 21 Moonwater, 8 Circle, 45. <laughs> And then a million, million, or, or what is that? No, it's just loads of zeros. Yeah, but it's... It's five zeros in a million. So it's... It's a million, technically. You know I mean? I, last week I moaned because a song was called A 1000 times, so this is obviously going to get my go. <laughs> uh, but I personally don't mind, because I... Yeah, I like I say, I'm not trying to call anyone that. out. It's, it's an incredible, incredible album, an incredible piece of work. I just think, call it... Uh, over soon, Death Breast, Creeks, God, Strat- 29 Stratford Apartments, 666, Moonwater, Circle. But then the 45. songs don't mean. Remember, this is his work. This is his yeah. art project, and this means something to yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fine. If we don't get it, then fuck yeah, exactly. it. he does. Totally agree. I'm. If there's ever, ever someone I'm not going to call out on their creativity, it's Justin Vernon. So, fine. Do your thing, mate. You have my permission. You have the track's seal of approval to do as you please. Tim's got a sign up right now. You can't see it. It just says Bonivet as a pretentious twat. I can't believe you'd do that. I've already had it tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was not true. Um, I love so, him. I don't know whether we've come to the end of this podcast or not. Um, well, I think in terms of... Uh, the big releases of the week slash fortnight with uh, Warpaint worked in. Mm. I certainly think we've peaked. Such a vast amount in such a small amount of time. There's so much. And there was loads more as well that we could have mentioned. Oh, yeah. um, but I I think this is the pinnacle. We've reached the top of the mountain. This is something I've certainly been waiting for for a long time. God. Since I was at university. God, it's been long. I don't want to know how many times I say the word university on the show. <laughs> but since I was away... If anyone out there wants to do like a, um, I would like to see a tally of how many times we use each word. Yeah. Like obviously the and those are going to be at the top for me. Super apparently is <laughs> shot up this week. Beast is now up there. Beast is up there. Uh, what was it? I like mine to... is definitely. Oh, um, I got stuck. What was it? I like to say at the beginning, early episodes. Inflicted. In... Inflicted. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a big one for me. There's one that my friend always says that we say, which is. Alluded. <laughs> alluded, yeah. I alluded to that last week. Apparently, yeah. we're always doing that. Yeah. There we've, yeah, we've got words. Everyone's got a certain <laughs> limited vocabulary. Give us a break. I've got only 80 words, so I'm really struggling sometimes. Sometimes. Struggling, struggling. I mean, I would love to have a conversation with someone who actually only had an 80 word <laughs> vocabulary. They just like stopped they... dead. <laughs> and <then they're> like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you have more than that, Harry. You've got at least 100. Believe in yourself. 
So, what do we want to end on? Um, do we want to pick a song each? Or are we just going to take one? Right, let's, let's do traditional. We're going to pick a song each, but we're going to rock, paper, scissors for who leads us out. Okay. And we're going to do one, two, three, show. Yeah. Because last time you blew everyone's mind with your one, two, show. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, show. Right. One, one two, two, three, scissors. And I He's eat got him. me paper. You didn't say paper. Yeah, I forgot we were on a podcast. Um, okay. So I, I'm going to pick my song first. You've won. So you're going to lead us out. Okay. I'm going to play uh, 33 God because that for me was uh, the song with the most immediacy. I know it was one of the songs that came out before the album, so a lot of you might have already heard it. But um, I wasn't actually aware that it had come out when it had a new Harry text me and said new Bon Iver track before we'd managed to get our hands on the album yeah and it's an interesting and one this because listen out for the um Paolo Nutini yeah part which he's kind of ripped and thrown yeah. in there but basically the reason I'm choosing it is just because it was uh so immediate to me in that I think one of the brilliant things about this album but also maybe one of the slightly challenging things about this album to listen to it is that there's a lot there and some of it as you said Harry it might not kind of sit quite comfortably with you straight away and you might think oh why is that there I don't really get it yeah. this maybe partly because I was already a bit sort of getting used to what we were going to get from this album but mainly just because it's brilliant like as soon as I heard it I was just like I love this I love this so much. This is amazing. It's one so, of my favourite too. So yeah. So I'm gonna play Lady Three God. These will just be places to me now. The forward is down. we play this last track we shall say thank you again for joining us yeah cheers lads soon we'll be back with the 30th episode it's 30 next yeah I believe so bloody hell have we got something big planned yes we'll say yes yeah but no no we don't there you go (laughs) (laughs) so if that wasn't a good teaser to take you into next week then I don't know what was no we do actually have something planned and it'll be quite a good one I think yeah, I mean, it's always good. We're really good at this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, I'm going to take us out with 29 hashtag Strafford Apartments. <laughs> Tune. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Love you. Love you very much. Bye. <laughs> Throw that. <laughs> Sharing smoke. In the stair above the hot car lot 